Hey, everybody, it's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically, it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, all right. Hello. So we're back. We're back. Part right. two. Part two. Smudging. Smudging. This like the smudging sounds like um, the return of the smudge. You know, you said the return of the smudge. Yeah, return of the smudge. That sounds nasty. Oh yeah. It reminds me of like um. Skidbox. Skidbox. I know all of it's disgusting. Yeah, but uh, no. So to recap. For those of you who might not have listened to last week's episode, yeah. and it was really good, so you should check it out. You should definitely check it out. We talked about smudging, and smudging actually relates slightly more in terms of it got its introduction in relation to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we're going to get Iggy to it. Iggy is it. Iggy is it. hurts. I know. That that was the first thing out of my mouth. You, my Voldemort is the first Dang. thing. Yeah. She who shall not be named. Yeah. Azalea Banks. Mm-hmm. Introduced in a conversation that we're going to dig into with Rosenberg and Ebro in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked seven. about how culture, black culture specifically, has been smudged to a large degree by white people. I don't know if you would say white culture, but by by white people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's kind of it's interesting. Yeah, well, that's actually something that should be talked about. But she talked about basically how black people's achievements are kind of pushed out of the way by white people who look to participate and then overshadow the creators of what they participate in. Yeah. So she's speaking obviously specifically to hip hop culture. Yeah. But it also relates to a variety of other areas as well, which is kind of what we dug into uh, last week. We talked about how Selma, which was an amazing film. Yeah. Basically the anti-smudge. Yeah. By Ava DuVernay, who directed, wrote and directed, let's, Mm -hmm. you know, throw credit where credit is due. Credit is due. This awesome film, amazingly well-reviewed, and then it got literally attacked from all sides to the point where they were snubbed for a Best Director, director mm-hmm. Oscar nomination. Best yeah, Best Actor for uh, David, David Oyelowo. I can't remember. Jesus Christ. I practiced it before. I'll pray on you. I'll pray for it. I need it. I yes. need it. But anyway, this week we're going to... This should be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm too. I this is going to be some good. coffee. That's how hot I don't need caffeine. Okay? Yeah, you I'm don't. Born you don't. Ready. Yeah. Born in a trap. Uh, but this week we're going to talk about Please. music, about hip hop, and basically music. If you think about it, and black music has been smudged since its existence. Oh yes. You know, if you think about jazz, yes. if you think about rock and roll, rock and roll. If you think about even R and B, like if like at every every single, single genre that we've created, it's crazy too because we'll come up with a new one. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like... like something else. It's yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But to bring some focus to this conversation, we're going to talk today more about hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like I said, like we said before, to recap how we got into this, with Azalea Banks had an interview with Hot 97, Ebro in the Morning, mm-hmm. with uh, Pete Rosenberg as well. And... There was that other woman who was there too, but she didn't talk that much. Laura Styles. Laura Styles. We don't have to get into it, but she don't really talk yeah, that much. She didn't talk. She didn't contribute. But Isaiah Banks had a had a pretty good interview. It was it was interesting because I, I mean no shade to to Ebro in the morning, Ebro and Pete Rosenberg, but like oftentimes the interviews are eh. well. I'm gonna be I'm gonna take it. I'm a I got oh some shit. Shade. You gonna I get real? Shade. Well yeah. What do you say? Like, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Pete Rosenberg can do an okay job yeah. interviewing women sometimes. Ebro, oh, I, I think, regularly fucks up his interviews with women. I I, yeah. I don't even necessarily want to just pin it on him. Not because I want to relieve him of any blame. 
but it's not like these two people are especially bad at this job. Radio. There are many other dudes who work in the same, you know, hip hop radio space who also do a really just across the board. Most of the interviews with female artists fucking suck. So the fact that this one was actually compelling. Yeah. And that they allowed her to be compelling, I was very impressed by that. I actually wouldn't disagree with that at all. I know. Not at all. Um, and we talked about that. Yeah. Azalea Banks, Hot 97, Ebro in the Morning. Interestingly enough, they, they talked about music. They talked about, like, again, like, this kind of goes to what you were saying. A lot of times, I think the reasons why a lot of those interviews kind of fall off is because yeah. they get on, like, all the stuff that's, like, it's kind of, like, gossipy and bullshit. Yeah. I mean, they still did a couple of those things now. Where, like, I definitely thought it was inappropriate for both of them to ask, like, oh, so were you experimenting with girls in high school? And I'm like, oh, well, both right. of you are around 40 years old. Why are you asking about the sexual proclivities of a person who's not even a teenager anymore? But, like, why are you asking about who she was fucking when she was in high school, you nasty, disgusting fucking pervs? <laughs> but, Damn. well, because it's just, Tell like, it's nobody, it's yeah, no, but it's you know not what I'm saying. Business. And, and, and in addition, she might not want to share that shit. Exactly, that's totally her business. But, yeah, yeah. It, they just tend to talk about things like you said that are gossipy in general but really when they talk to female artists it's like that's when it comes out it's really bad yeah so the topic of conversation and sadly often with Azalea Banks this is the topic of conversation yeah is her ongoing I don't even want to call that shit a feud I don't call it beef either because she has too many legit points yeah like the ongoing issues that appear when looking at her career Mm mm-hmm and she who shall not be named except for in the context of this today's talk. We will, she, we will call her Iggy. Iggy Azalea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say it. yeah. Iggy Azalea. This has been going on for a long time. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. So to provide some quick context to this. Yeah. They both appeared around the same time. Mm-hmm. It was like 2012-ish. Yeah. 2011, and kind of 2012. Both their careers started off with a significant amount of pro- uh, promise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Azalea Banks came on the scene with with Two One Two, which was like really hot song, the, like the song for like what felt like majority of that year. Yeah, because it came out at the end of 2011. I yeah. remember seeing it on Tumblr and then starting to act like it went it, it got over in 2012. It was huge. Yeah, um, and Iggy Azalea, she had a she had like a couple of songs that were really big on YouTube. Um, and she also kind of hit a, a critical mass. Well, actually, I wouldn't even call it a critical mass, considering how her career has kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. At the time, she started to build a buzz around the same time. Um, and sadly, those two things, you know, their two careers diverged. Yeah. And the div- like the contrast that people make between them and the 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 level of contrast between the divergence of their careers are often what provokes this conversation and to you know to be explicit about that Iggy Azalea's career has gone through the roof and Azalea Banks' career has kind of stalled stalled it took some hits it took took some hits and then stalled yeah before I start actually I'm gonna keep talking about this before I start injecting my my feelings and I was gonna say it's sad but to the degree in which Iggy Azalea is now nominated for a Grammy Award this year for Best Rap Album. And I would, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say she's the likely favorite to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy, but... It sounds like a punchline, but it's true. That is true. And Azalea Banks, who also released an album this year. Yeah. And it was really good. It was really good. You know, and actually got some recognition for it mm-hmm. um, in terms of reviews. Did she release? I, I am wondering, though. I don't, I don't know if she released it by the Grammy deadline, though. I will say that. Interesting. I can't I'm remember not sure. the dates, I'm not but positive. But she also released an album, got some good reviews, but it was kind of largely left out of that conversation. Yeah. Maybe for the deadline, you know. Yeah, but not. it wasn't in the conversation at all. There's been, it's always been classified between them two as them having beef. Um, and a lot of it initially developed because people said that, you know, Iggy Azalea stole Azalea Banks' name. Or they have a similar name. You know, both use the term, or not the term. They use both like, use Azalea. Yeah. And, you know, it's spelled differently, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Same thing. Azalea Banks often is forced to talk about Iggy Azalea and often chooses to talk about Iggy Azalea. Yeah. She has some things to say. Yeah. The thing about it is Azalea Banks is not one to hold her tongue. I don't, I think she's allergic yeah, literally. And she says literally everything that, that comes to her mind. And yeah. sometimes she says some really, really, I don't want to say inflammatory. Cause like, I want to say some of this shit is fucked up and ignorant. Yeah. And um, like. Transphobic, homophobic. Yeah. 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 In addition to that, she often 
hit some points that have you go, I mean... Did you lie? <laughs> she's kind of right. Uh-huh. So, Pete Rosenberg and, and Ebro in the Morning had her on the show. And they tried to give her... I mean, this is what they said that they were doing. I don't know yeah. if that's what they actually were doing. But they, <laughs> they had her on to kind of give her a chance to clear the air, talk about her new album, mm-hmm. in addition to talk about the ongoing beef. And the shit went down. Yeah. It was, it was so much better and more layered and richer and more nuanced. Even, I'll give them some credit, they each were a little bit more nuanced than I ever would have suspected. I mean, I don't think they did an amazing job. Yeah. But for them, that I was, was pretty slightly good. impressed by what, what it is that they were able to do. I was very impressed by her. So, let's get to it. Let's get to it. I mean, Iggy Azalea. Okay. The, the, the interesting thing about Iggy Azalea <sighs> is she's been problematic to me since she first came out. Problematic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, since she first came out. Well, we just both rewatched the pussy video. And, like, it's weird. I guess I can just say pussy like that. Because, like, we are. Yeah, we got the explicit tag. (laughs) We got the explicit tag. I think the TVMA. Yeah. So we can just say it as we want. We can say whatever we want. Yeah. So, yeah, so we both just rewatched it. Because I I first. My introduction to Iggy was through someone that I was dating at the time when she first came out who was like, look at this. And it was like. At least she had these pictures of her in these gray leggings when she first got her fake butt. No shade to people with fake butts, but you can see like a fake butt, whatever. Yeah. When she first got her fake butt and she had these gray leggings and a gray sports bra and like there was like a little track on Tumblr, like you could just press to play, and then there's a huge picture on top of just like her butt. And like no shade to people even like, you know, who show their butt as a way to you know, if they think it's cute, like that's fine. I am very annoyed at this whole like just because a white girl has a big butt, the world has to stop. Sad to say that a lot of that but, is what it is. Like, I mean, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah so, so that's <laughs> the person the that I'm size. dating. But just like to have him be like, look at this, look at this amazing rapper. I was just like, okay. I was like, I remember thinking like, I hope this doesn't turn into a big deal. But was it, was it really classified as amazing? Like, I'm sorry, interrupt, but was it really classified was, as amazing? Did he say like? I mean, and not you know. I mean, it was like more like I think it was just you know. People like to see things where they're quote unquote not supposed to be. So people like to see Angelina Jolie's lips. People like to see Iggy Azalea's butt. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. People like traditionally black features on people who are white on white bodies. It sadly enough, she was able, like you said, to get traction for a career just off a of GP because she was a white girl who was from Australia. From so Australia, extra, that was a big even part more of white it. in some people's minds. Which just shows me that they don't know shit about Australia. But she was like supposed to make her even more white, or rather, you know, less Black American, let's say. And she has this big butt, and she's rapping, and she's talking about how much she loves Tupac. So she first came out with that, and I was like, um, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, and I'm stressed. I'm stressed. And then well, pussy video. Yeah, pussy video. But I was gonna say, just to even provide a bit more context, let's okay. take it back just okay, a little bit. Okay, take it back. This is not too long after Crayshawn <gasps> and her crew. Gucci Gucci. V Nasty. V Nasty. Uh, and it's Lil Debbie. Say, yeah, like, this is not too long after they kind of, like, rose and Gucci, faded. Gucci Gucci, that song was fucking garbage, man. I'm not even gonna lie, I kind of fucked with it. Though. No, I was mad, too, because I had, like, three of my guy friends, some of whom who you know, email me and be like, this song reminded me of you. And I'm like, damn. That was, like, the most <laughs> insulting thing that I've ever heard yeah, by the time. People like, this, you know who reminds me of you? Crayshawn. Yeah. Crayshawn reminds me of you. Yeah, that was a sad moment for me. But yeah, you're right. But this yeah, was this wasn't too that. far. This wasn't, you know, too far after after mm-hmm. that. I would agree. A lot of it was initially the um, kind of the check boxes that she marked in terms of who she was as a rapper. Yeah. You know, because kind of Crayshawn got this, you know, I'm from the hood. You know, this is actually where I grew up. Yeah. And you can say it wasn't really that. No. It was, I'm white. I am Australian. And I've got a big butt. And in addition, one of the things I think was biggest, I can rap like a black person. Yeah. I told you that my younger sister and I, she was kind enough to take me to the Jingle Ball with her. She got tickets Mm -hmm. through work. So Z100 Jingle Ball, for those of you guys who don't live in New York, I'm sure they probably have something similar in your city too, because we had something similar when I was growing up in the Detroit area. And it's kind of like an iHeartRadio concert where they basically, and we can get to go into that later. Yeah, it's like a white summer jam. Yeah, it is like white summer jam. They slapped together like the biggest pop acts of the time and like right before they got to, you know, their queen, Taylor Swift this year, <laughs> um, wearing an all plaid two-piece outfit on her birthday. My younger sister and I walked out halfway through the first Taylor Swift song. We were like, yeah, we gotta go. But before that was Iggy Azalea. 
Her butt's definitely fake. No shade. Like I said, no shade. But that's a big part of her whole thing is like, Mystique. I'm this biker with this big, a woody. She's a woody, a white girl with a booty. I don't think anybody actually said that. It no, was but a, there was, was a song. song. There was so a song. it was enough okay. for somebody to record a fucking song and at least have the video be on, you know, what's that shit called that came out in the middle of the night? Uncut? Or BET? Uncut. Damn, first time really? I saw Woody was first time I saw Nolia Clap was on Uncut. Oh shit, Nolia Clap. No, because they used to put I, the funny thing aside about Uncut, they used to put a lot of the southern rap songs that yeah. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with. That's where you could hear that because those videos were like nasty. explicit and nastiest. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. So I saw Iggy, but she was rapping and she'd be in her little, you know, I'm, a, you know, my little southern miss like rap slang. And at the end, she was like, "All right, you guys, everybody have a safe New Year, Happy Christmas, oi and she kangaroo hopped off the stage. Oh shit! Okay, rubbed so. some Vegemite all over her gums to try to get her powers back up. But yeah, she's Australian as fuck. Long story short, and she but the the, the rapping like a black person aspect, and she's it, really yeah. open about how she practiced that dialect, yeah. that dialect to be able to have the cadence, and that's interesting. For white rappers in general, because mm-hmm. I mean, this is something you know people have kind of talked about this, uh-huh. but almost all white rappers they don't sound the same, but they have a similar flow. And like, if you listen to a lot of rap, you understand the term wait flow. a similar flow. You mean to each other or um, to their own speaking voice? To each other, okay. like they have a similar cadence. Okay, the way it sounds, like Macklemore, uh, I would say Macklemore, Eminem. I'm trying to think who else going back. Okay. A- um, Asher Roth. Asher Roth. Sounds like even Lil Dicky. You know, Ooh, throw okay. a little dick into a conversation. Wow. How often does that happen? But um, <laughs> so no shade to little dicky, but whatever. Hope um, healthy. Yeah. So there's often a similar cadence, and it's you know it's very distinct. You can tell by listening to someone often. I just noticed that you didn't mention Paul Wall or Bubba Sparks because Bubba. they are from the South yeah. and they grew up. They they sound Southern. Southern. They mm-hmm. sound different, mm-hmm. but. The, the rappers who I named, you can tell that they are white. They are not from the South. And not necessarily that they didn't grow up around black people, but they haven't necessarily practiced that to a certain No, they, they rap like themselves. They rap talking. like themselves. That's I think that's a Yeah, they rap like themselves. Because like, that wasn't a criticism. Necessarily. No, that wasn't. Yeah, they, they all rap like themselves. It's the same way that you said that Paul Wall and Bubba Sparks, you hear them talk and you hear them rap. They sound similar. If you hear yeah. Eminem talk, I hate Eminem. I've said this before to myself. I hate Eminem, but if you hear Eminem talk and you hear Eminem rap, they sound similar. Yeah. But like literally when I just heard Iggy finish what's that song? Fancy? Yeah. Yeah. So I heard her finish that song and then she was like, Oh happy Christmas I was like, Bitch What? <laughs> like me and my sister were sitting there like I thought that people were kidding. We both, like, first of all, we were both in our phones the entire time because we couldn't believe this was actually happening. Yeah. Like, I think up until that moment, I thought that Iggy Azalea was like a made up character, like a fictional yeah. being, like, you know, like Jack and the fucking magic bean stuff. Like, I just thought she was invented by somebody else. But then when I saw her up there doing this weird caricature like performance with this accent the entire time, and then switch back into her regular speech like immediately, like, I'd seen comedians do that bit where they're like, yeah. oh, Iggy probably does this. No, Iggy That's really actually does how that. it is. Yeah, and it's and it, it's it's crazy because rap in general, no matter what level you're at, there's always a conversation of authenticity. Mm-hmm. People give Rick Ross all the shit in the world still to this day because he talks about moving weight, and <laughs> Sorry. he was a correctional officer yes. working in prison system. in a pole to Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like literally everybody, like everybody's always like, you know. Are you authentic enough to participate? Yeah. And so not only is Iggy Azalea White from Australia, did grow up in the South, raps like a Southern woman, a Southern black woman. Yeah. And has no real claim to anything that no. of, of what she, of how she raps. She is open with the fact that I learned this yeah. Yeah. Late, <laughs> late in the game. Yeah. I just saw it, thought it was cool, and I imitated it. Until I got it right. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, if she had come out and was just like, I'm Australian, I'm white, I want to rap, maybe she wouldn't have been Iggy Azalea, this cultural phenomenon, but, like, I wouldn't have cared. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't have a problem with her being white and being a rapper. That's, like, I that's like Eminem. Issue. Like, to contrast, you know, like, yeah. there are a lot of people who, you know, who like Eminem, and there are other rappers, other other white rappers yeah. who get some respect. Even Macklemore, although that's kind of conflicting. Yeah. And, like, you already know I don't really claim Asher Rock. But, like, yeah. But, yeah, these are at least like I Mac see, Miller is one. Yeah, yeah, Mac Miller, exactly. There are people who want to contribute to the culture of hip hop mm. who are white, who still can enter the space while giving credit without necessarily aping 
somebody else who's already like established. So like Iggy just came in and just imitated everybody. And there are other people who came in as themselves yeah. to contribute in an attempt to contribute to a conversation. And she didn't know whether some people actually contribute or not remains to be seen. Yeah. Macklemore is someone who I have in mind in that case. But there are people who, whether I like it or not, have contributed to the culture, Eminem being one of them. Even though I'm not a fan, I can genuinely say that he has talent. He comes in as himself. Yeah. Whether or not I like him doesn't matter. He's him. He's yeah. Eminem, and he doesn't ever lie about that or yeah. manipulate who he is to make himself more, I guess, appealing. Correct. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. So that, I mean, to me, this conversation is a lot of the issue that Azalea Banks have with has with uh, yeah. Iggy Azalea. But it's almost compounded because... Her rise and her participation in all of this theft. Yeah. Smudging. <laughs> Smudging, yeah. yeah. Has seemingly directed, directly resulted in a lot of the lack of shine that Azalea Banks gets. Yeah, and not even just Azalea Banks, too. But, like, Nikki, who's yeah. still, obviously, I mean, Nikki's huge. Yeah. She's bigger than She Nikki. is the biggest female rapper in the game right now. And not only that, she's the biggest female rapper of all time. She's big. I'm talking about big. She's bigger than Kim. She's bigger than Foxy. Big. She okay. is bigger. big. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. There's another conversation here, but I, I understand what you're saying. And I would agree. Yeah. She is. She's the biggest female rapper of all time. And she still has to compete for space with Iggy. Yeah. And that's disrespectful. And like, I think that even Azealia sometimes was speaking to that. And Nikki's spoken to that, which we'll get into. But, yeah, like you said, stalled her career. But also that she's taken up space where, uh, like, that other black girl rappers could occupy. And also has eaten up some of the cultural real estate that Nikki should be occupying as the best and the biggest, like, major female rapper currently in the game. And the reason why people take so much issue. And, and now what's, what's amazing about right now is people starting to be vocal about this shit. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Yeah, is the reason why people come for Iggy is it's not just because it's not just because she is white. It's not just because she has practiced our culture to the point where she feels like she can do a perfect imitation. Ooh, um, it's not just because she's even amassed the amount of celebrity that she has. Mm -hmm. It's because all at, at the same time as all of this, she's not very good. No, <laughs> she's not. Like, her rapping, I won't say it's bad, mm -mm. but it's the epitome of, like... Whack? Whack, pop, trash. And that's I a strong word. I won't say it's bad, but you literally just call Sorry. it whack, trash. Whoops. Damn. Like, rap, you know, rap got its its start in pain. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of it was, you know, people who came from impoverished backgrounds, mm -hmm. who had access to nothing else but, you know, samples, wrote poetry... Mm -hmm. and wanted to speak about their situation and evolve that and boast and find some sort of happiness and celebration within that. Yes. When you, like, when you take rap, and, and I don't want to get it twisted that rap hasn't been pop for a long time. Yeah. Because there's been a, and even, like, there was a long period where, like, rap was, like... Only pop? Only pop yeah. for, like, a while. That's how Flo Rida was able to get his little foothold in. <sighs> yeah. But it, it seems as if it's a scent now with rappers like... Iggy Azalea, and even Macklemore, who I think is more complicated and not necessarily the same, but within the context of their ascent as rap, in rap as pop, makes it seem like that's what rap is. And mm. that is frustrating. And this is was obviously frustrating to Azalea Banks to the point where it drove her to tears. Cried. I don't think, I, like, I watch a lot of, I, we send each other, like, radio interviews all mm -hmm. the time. We watch a lot. I mean, we do this podcast. A lot of it's research. Yeah. But in addition, we also enjoy it. fucking around at work. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> <laughs> so we watch a lot of this stuff and I don't think I've ever seen somebody like before this interview. I don't think I've ever seen somebody legit break down in tears. Yeah. And Especially like, with Ebro and P. Rosenberg. Yeah. And it, it was like, it was actually kind of like that whole, it was, sad. it was sad. And that whole section was like, it encapsulated so many feelings that I felt as a black woman. And like, obviously I'm not a rapper currently anymore. <laughs> Me and Eric used to have a rap group yeah. with a couple other people that we're never going to talk to you about again. <laughs> so I'm no longer rapping since like 2008. Just looking for recognition where you're supposed to have it when you've done a good job or looking for space to create and have people access your work in a respectful manner, mm -hmm. in a manner that's worthy of what you put into it and worthy of the quality of your work. 
I've experienced that before. And I think that almost any black woman knows that like her specific tears that she was crying, I've definitely felt that frustration and felt that pain before. It was also interesting to see Azealia in that particular vulnerable moment because so much of her public image is about anger and aggression. I think that those things are fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with her being angry or wrong with her being aggressive or lashing out necessarily. But this was such a stark contrast. I think for the first time, a lot of people saw that behind a lot of the anger and the pot shots and some of the just completely off base and disrespectful wild shit that she says, there is a nugget of truth and there's a real lodestone of pain and legitimate hurt and rejection and just stifled creativity. And I think that finally she was at a point, well, probably maturity wise and also just she was at a point where she maybe was ready. She put out her work and she was like, I'm like frustrated that people weren't taking it seriously. I think that she just got to a point where she ran out of anger. Yeah. <laughs> and she just was crushed and she was sad. I mean, I, like, I would agree with everything you said. And it's like, and this is something, you know, that we don't often acknowledge, but it's very difficult, near impossible to break as a female rapper. Yeah. You know, there is, it's, it's no secret. It's not necessarily acknowledged, but there's a high amount of misogyny in rap. <laughs> That's maybe yeah. putting it yeah. lightly. Yeah. You know? To make it as a woman in the rap game is difficult and near impossible in itself. Yes. And to get celebration and applause for being good at it, not mm-hmm. just getting yourself heard, but to to say, oh, well, you're coming out. And actually, yo, you're, you're kind of good. Yeah. But to have that not matter because of fancy yeah <laughs> oh god yeah is like that would drive anybody to tears yeah and i think a, a really good point that speaks to that also is like ebro was kind of harped on the fact well you know how this shit is you know this isn't a surprise and yeah. it's not Mm-mm. but he was like well why don't you put it in your music she's very vocal she says a lot of crazy shit on tour she pops off real quick. all the time he's like well why don't you just put it in your music and she says no my music is what I want my music to be. I want my music to be, you know, fun, to be like yeah. boastful, to be dancing, playful, yeah. playful, you know, for people like me. And so I don't want to mar my art yep. with this bullshit. Yeah. And also, like, she just wants to create. She wants to create what she wants to create. She shouldn't have to write a song to express how frustrated she is with the fact that her work can't get seen on a level as some other artists. And even, like, when you talk about, like, that Grammy point, I don't think a woman has ever won a Best a Rap Album of the Year Grammy Award because I don't know that there... I mean, you can double-check it. You talk about how difficult it is to break as a female rapper. Yeah. There, there haven't been enough, I don't think, nominees for, for them to break. Well, there, I mean, there have been a few. Okay. Um, I happen to have had that handy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But not who've won. You were right. Nobody's won. Yeah. Um, but Missy was nominated. Eve was nominated. Right. Eve was nominated a couple times. Mm-hmm. And actually, real talk, Eve probably should have won for Super Duper Fly. I mean, Missy should have won well, for, for Super Duper Fly. Fly. I mean, one of the best um, albums of, like, ever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, this not yeah no it gets it gets thin. And keep in mind that the the category is kind of new. Oh no, Fuji's is up there. Fuji's, but like but even, I know, but she's it's, not, that's within the context group. of a group. So like you know, it yeah, wasn't so like, no, no, it's it's actually that reminds me of that point that Nikki made about when she first came out on Monster and how people wouldn't have necessarily seen her as legitimate. Like she was legitimized by the presence of other dudes on that song. This is actually where we often diverge about what you just said. Yeah. Yes, I agree to a certain extent, but uh-huh. also I disagree with that in the sense that I think Nikki was getting a lot of acknowledgement, but uh-huh. I think how she performed on that song, in like in spite of the people who she was around, in direct yeah. contrast, elevated her at that time. I think mm-hmm. that is what spoke to that. I don't. I don't patently disagree with what you said. Okay. Well, you know anyway. that's actually better than. Than what we usually are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of us right now. <laughs> no, I know. But no, going back to what we were talking about, yeah, like there hasn't been a woman who no, has been recognized. No, because they rarely get nominated because not enough people break. So the fact that like Iggy Azalea was able to like come from fucking Dungaree Town, had the fucking gall, had the gall to name her album the new classic. It makes me want to meet her and cold, like open hand slap her just once. Now we're not... We're but no, no, no. Now, this goes back to my original belief that I think that it should be illegal to slap somebody just one time. One time. Not anybody. Everybody depends on the one. circumstances, obviously. Okay. But if someone is really rude and really working your nerves, yeah. you don't understand what I'm saying, then I think it should be legal for you just to be able to, just one time, just a slap. Nothing real, like, you know, going to break any bones. like, <laughs> But just like, 
the new classic. You had the gall to name your album a new classic. And then, I forgot, we keep talking about the pussy video. We don't mention what happens oh, in this yeah. video. Please tell everybody what you noticed when we watched it again this morning. Please. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically, it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I appreciate you queuing me up. That was, <laughs> but no. So in the pussy video, you one know, of her first videos. One of her first videos. One of her early videos. Oh, actually, the one that, that got her the most like viral activity at mm-hmm. the point. So is Iggy Azalea sitting in? I think what's L.A. What it looks like L.A. Yeah. And she's on the porch. She's got you know these two black girls to her left and to her right who she, you know, never really acknowledges or looks at, but they yeah. sit back there because they provide that nice, you know, validation. That, hey, I'm down. Yeah. In addition, she's got this, you know, young young black boy, black boy. just strung around her neck, you know, kind of like a chain or a mm-hmm. backpack. Yeah. And she's just rapping about, you know, rapping about pussy. Just Hers, how wonderful, her which I think, sorry, but I think it's inappropriate to rap about how wonderful your pussy is in front of any children. So the fact that she's having... <laughs> That's a good point. What's that? I didn't even, like, think about the fact that she's spitting these lyrics as this boy is right I thought that was the most inappropriate he part. He was, like, I was six. A, yeah, he was just sitting there, and she's like, oh, want to get in my pussy? I'm just like, excuse me, this is a child. Yeah. It's inappropriate. Yeah, no, that was like her first. I think I've only seen the first forty-five seconds of that video. I think I saw that a couple of years ago on Tumblr, and I was like, "All right, well, I've had enough stress for today. I think I'm just going to close my computer and uh, drink." Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen. I won't lie, I've seen the whole video, and mm-hmm. but it doesn't get any better. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that's not even a new thing within the terms of video. Some in terms of music videos, like yeah. somebody who got a lot of shit. Well, I don't even know if you can call it a lot of shit because it never actually like takes hold. But Miley. In the terms of that, uh, I, it, I can't, can't, we can't stop, we can't stop video. Uh-huh. She had, you know, she was sitting there smacking the ass of a whole bunch of black women because, yeah. you know, we're props. Yeah. And Weird. both those two artists, interestingly enough, have also rose a lot in a many ways, rose to prominence for their embracing of twerking, which <laughs> is it's crazy to say like twerking, like you have to put in print, like in quotes now, Yeah. but you know, for their enthusiastic twerking. Within yeah. concerts, a dance made popular by black women. Originated by black women. Invented by black Twerking yeah. was invented. I mean, who else would have invented that yeah, shit with black women? The theft, the smudging. It's what? like apparent and obvious. Yeah, that's a good point. It's apparent, it's obvious, but people still kind of line up to defend Iggy Azalea and Miley Cyrus, to be real. Well, interesting. The song... <laughs> One of the songs we were listening to before we started recording today, coincidentally enough, actually probably oh, I probably shit. got I it from reading my notes. Uh, yeah, is 
<laughs> E40 Captain Sabah. Yeah. And yeah, the caping. The caping. It's a, like literally, I don't care where you are, somebody's like, yo, Iggy Azalea is trash. All you hear is shh, shh, because people are flying in yep. to say, well, <laughs> well, you know, I think you should let Iggy cook. Yeah, let's let her cook. Just let her cook. Like, let her do her thing. Right. And the truth is, you know what? She can make music. Fine. No one, no, no one one's advocating for her. I don't have a problem with her or her fake butt or making music or any of that. But the problem is when there are significant accolades thrown her way. As if this, the quality of this music is of the highest standard. The standard to which the highest award that you can receive is a Grammy. Mm-hmm. And she has been nominated for that. And like I said, it's <laughs> a likely favorite. And it's just, it's frustrating that that's happening at the direct contrast, at the detriment of, of someone who potentially deserves that award. Yeah. It's the smudging. It's like this weird, it's like almost like, Kind of like, like we talked about last week, kind of like living in this weird alternate reality where this really untalented person is blatantly stealing from this culture that's existed for decades and then getting rewarded for it, like, copiously. And it's just like, is copiously a word? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to stick with that. Just roll with it. Yeah, I'm going to roll with it. I use paradox, so I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> paradox last week, copiously. Was it speechify? What's that? That's what, that's what they say uh, Jesse Jackson used to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I saved his life before. I think you told me this like six times. It's a good story. I'm not going to tell it now. But he probably gave me some of his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird to see this thing happening. And like I said, you know, we obviously we've talked about Iggy and Azalea in this interview. What happened afterward as a result of the interview that Azalea gave as far as um, who came for who, who caped for who. Yeah was very, very interesting. I mean, a lot of it, the most obvious person is T.I. Because Iggy is signed to T.I.'s label. So, like, literally, you know, for every uh, dollar that Iggy gets, mm-hmm. I think T.I. gets a good, like, 25, 50 cents. Wow. You know? So he gets points on everything that she everything that she makes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it makes sense. And a lot of what Azalea Banks comes for um, is T.I. Because of his, like, blatant and, like, opportunistic defense of her. She does it to an extreme degree, to the point where she comes often for his wife, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think that's fair. No, I don't think that's fair. But it is disappointing to see his defense of that appearingly, like, strictly for the fact that it's putting dollars in his pockets. Yes. And that's pretty sad. But then you also have (sighs) Kendrick. And, like, I want to pour some out right now because... I know. I you know, I was. McDonald's orange juice. You said what? I drank all my McDonald's orange juice. I got I some water here, but I can't. I can't pour it in the studio. No, you shouldn't. Pour it. Studio. Well, studio. We're throwing that. We're, we're throwing that term around. I now. mean, hey, it's what it is. Okay. So, you know what they say? That's what Jesus said. He said, "When two or more are gathered together in my name, magically it becomes a it's church." A church so yeah. I guess this is a studio. Exactly. Okay. So Kendrick Lamar, the most critically acclaimed and deservingly crit- critically acclaimed yeah, rapper, on and off Twitter. Yeah, exactly. People on Twitter say that he's classic as do people in real life. Yeah. <laughs> he is pretty much the best rapper we have right now. Yeah, I would agree. Recently came to the the defense of Iggy Azalea. In an interesting way, though, and in in, at an interesting moment. So, Kendrick Lamar was, you know, he's actually been doing, he's been doing a press run right now. He's gearing up to release his album. He hasn't actually dropped the release date or Mm-mm. the name of the album. I don't even know if we know it's finished. Um, it's I think coming. he said it's like, it's yeah, it's, it's like imminent. Like now that, you know, Beyonce paved the way, he's probably going to do it like a surprise drop. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. So his album is coming out relatively soon. And he's been doing a press run. He's been talking about a lot of things. And so they pressed him on a Billboard. He did an interview with Billboard mm-hmm. and they pressed him on... Ferguson. Mm-hmm. He talked a little bit about respectability, and that was that was problematic in itself because a lot of what he said was frustrating in the sense of yeah he he under he understands some of the reaction that happened because we don't take respect for ourselves. yeah he's like if we like don't that. respect ourselves and how do we expect our people to now I will say I was disappointed by that response I wasn't totally surprised because a lot of people genuinely feel that way a lot of people feel that way I was surprised that it came from him because a lot of I mean the, the, the big reason why Kendrick Lamar is Kendrick he often expertly crafts descriptions poetic descriptions mm-hmm. of the realities of what happened in neighborhoods like Compton yeah you know he often can describe what it's like to um, to be in a place 
um, where your options are limited, you know, and in his case, to choose something beyond the trap, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. To try to do something different, how that can sometimes eat you up. So you would think that to to discuss it the way that he does and to talk about it with the, the care that he does. Yeah. To turn coat and blame a lot of that situation on the people who are there who did not necessarily uh, create the dynamics for that mm-hmm. was extremely disappointing, to yeah. say the least. But in addition to Iggy, he was like, he at one point he said that God had clearly put her out here to do what she's doing. Now, you know. Yeah. Now, okay. I get what you're saying. He did... He's, that's what he said. The, that's kind of what words. he said. That's what he said. But you're also implying it like a little bit different. But no. I'll, my, Please clarify. My, my, my issue. <sighs> okay. My <laughs> issue with his response to that and to that whole interview, actually, because he said a couple of things. The first thing and the Iggy thing. I think maybe one or two other things. I can't remember. Talk about Taylor Swift at one point. Taylor Swift at one point, which is like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I, I don't care about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is like belly button lint to me. It's like it's there. <laughs> Sometimes I wish it wasn't. Yeah. But it's not going anywhere and doesn't really affect my life, so it's fine. I was more so irritated because there are some things that he seems so cognizant of. So, like, he had had two songs, I think, in the past few months that I thought were a huge deal. So there was I, which was the single yeah. that was also picked up, I think, as the official song for the NBA season or something like that. Yeah. But I love myself. He had this video, I love myself. And I know you don't like Kendrick's hair grown out, but I think <laughs> it looks perfect. I think it looks beautiful. I don't just mean that in a fangirly way. He's just, he's dressed so simply. He's like this gleaming, beautiful brown skin, white t-shirt, jeans, going around, I think, different parts of LA. At one point in the video, and Kendrick's had the same girlfriend since high school, and she's kind of a lighter skin girl. But he makes a point in a lot of his videos to have brown and dark skin girls. There's one point yeah. where he is getting his locks twisted by a dark skin girl. They're both beautifully lit in like a dimly lit room. Mm-hmm. And you know that he does shit like that on purpose. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or like that, what's the one, the song that's untitled that he performed, I think on the penultimate episode of... The Colbert Report. The Colbert Report. Gorgeous song. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, there's no title of it, but yeah. if you if you just Google Kendrick Lamar, Colbert, uh, Report. Colbert Report, you're going to see an amazing, amazing performance. But he had this moment where he's kind of asserting with so many of his actions that we matter, that yeah. he sees us. Do you know what I mean? And then to kind of... I don't think it was like a conscious backpedaling, but I think that some of it is he's young. Some of it is, how do I put it? A lot of the things that I know about the politics of respectability are things that I know from conversations from going to college, which I don't mean going to college makes me any smarter or better, but it is this the years of my life that I had to sit and think about academic terms and systems of oppression and to kind of have a framework through which to understand things like that. I can see how it, while it is disappointing to me that he said these things, I can see how they would come out because he's somebody whose worldview is going to be, he's had different experiences and has a different framework through which to view things like this. That's going to be different than mine or yours. Maybe that's, or maybe some other people's. I'm not saying necessarily because I went to college or not or whatever. I just mean like me, I've, spent most of my life like reading shit on the internet just you know like, what i mean just to yeah. like learn shit just to know shit just because i'm bored just because i'm curious he's somebody who's been out touring and shit like that so i could see how the terminology to say what he wants to say or to formulate those types of opinions that's going to be in a way that may appear to be more in line with his creative work or his actions in life i could see how those two things may not line up but it was still disappointing to hear those things it still felt it still felt to me regardless of the quote-unquote framework through which he's viewing these things, it still felt like, to me, he felt like he needed to say something safe. And I that that, that part I didn't like. That, I mean, that I will agree with. I think, and I mean, I, I, I get that. I still think it's kind of bullshit. Because, I mean, maybe this is my own hurt feelings, because I'm not going to lie, I was mad. No, I was mad. Okay. I was really mad. It's okay. Um, just because I feel like he, I, I thought he got it. Yeah. I thought he got it to a degree that I see he's not there yet. But I will admit, I think a lot of that is Kendrick often doesn't want to, he wants it to be all about the music. He wants you to listen to his music, understand what he wanted you to hear about it, read into it, maybe even a little bit more. And he's not even necessarily about the appreciation of it in terms of like accolades, but just like the appreciation of it in terms of listening and what it means to you. So I get that and I can understand why... He's like, I don't want to participate in this conversation because this distracts against what I'm trying to yeah. get out. 
But again, I still feel like that's bullshit because at the end of the day, you have this platform. And he even, a lot of his essays are talking about how much he respects this platform now. Mm -hmm. And to ignore that, to provide a safe response to someone who peripherally denies you space is frustrating. Well, that was tough for me too also as a black woman just because... He and a lot of these other guys that have given kind of safe or bullshit responses, and you can correct me for sure if, I, if I'm wrong, but like the person who I could think of at the forefront of my mind who kind of came to Azealia's aid was Q-Tip. And then also like, we didn't really touch on this, but like Nikki did a series of interviews with Elliot Wilson, the Crown mm-hmm. series. Was, those can be found on YouTube. They're amazing. There are two of them. And Nikki even has some su- very subtle shade for Iggy when she's just like the issue with the culture right now is that things are not about skill and the way she kept repeating skill and basically saying Iggy Azalea doesn't have any skill even back at I think it was the VMAs in the fall when she was like if you hear Nicki Minaj spit Nicki Minaj wrote it everybody knew she was coming for Iggy so Nicki still has also been participating in this conversation to my mind there haven't been enough established men in the space who have in the hip hop space who have a platform. I'm not saying that we need to be saved, but black women need to be saved, but haven't really stood in solidarity with Azealia and Nikki on this particular topic. And that's been tough for me to see because Kendrick is somebody, like you said, who I I didn't have that much faith, but I still hope that he got it. And to kind of see him not stand up for them when he could have, that was tough for me. So I can understand definitely the hurt feelings. Yeah, I mean... And so Q-Tip, in addition to J. Cole, too, who you actually Cole, don't right. like, but I'm a, just got to throw that out I've there. I've seen That's J. Cole fine. live. I yeah, just yeah, about yeah, that yeah, end yeah. of it. I'm not, I'm not getting into him. But the interesting thing, the, re- the thing that I think plays a factor in that is also relates to why Nicki won't ever name Iggy Azalea. So a lot of, a lot of rappers who are in that upper echelon or uh-huh. that highest tier, you don't name, like the people who I don't like, I don't know. They don't exist to me. Yeah. Mariah does that. Mariah Carey does that. She does She does that with every new pop girl who comes out. Yeah. She's like, I don't know who that is. Exactly. So I think some of it might be them feeling like I don't even have the time to... Waste ex- my breath on your yeah, name. Yeah, to waste... Yeah, exactly. You know, th- that's, that's fine. But again, it does... You know, they say silence is its own action. Mm. In this particular case, so it can, you know, almost work to your own detriment. Especially in the case if you think of like... Drake and Lil Wayne, who are Nikki's like crew. That's a squad. And so you would think that, you know, they might even comment, even if it's in the same, taking the same stance that she took in terms of talking about skill. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I do agree that that was coming directly for Iggy because it's widely kind of understood within the hip hop community that her her shit is not tight. No. Even actually, Nikki said in that crown interview, I forgot, there's there's a longer quote. Where she's like, you know, black women are so undervalued, underappreciated, so copied and imitated. And we're never getting our full due. And she said that even within the context of Beyonce, who's obviously the world's biggest pop star. But there definitely have been moments where we've all definitely noticed where she was getting weirdly shafted, even though she's basically at this point a cultural force bigger than anything else that's out right now if you want like a pop cultural force bigger than anything else that's out that's out right now no i would agree with that and i also kind of want to come back to kendrick because Mm -hmm. kendrick that's really complicated because of the fact that kendrick specifically has been the victim of smudging before speak on last year speak on last year so last year kendrick released his his first studio produced album he had, awesome. you know released uh two albums before that, which were all amazing like yeah. every single one he's dropped yeah. is really really good but this literally is a classic album that will go down in rap history that was that's the shit that should have been called the new fucking classic was kendrick's album seriously good kid mad city i'm talking like universally recognized for its ability to go back to what we said to show the duplicity in terms of people's feelings growing up in the hood, specifically his hood, Compton, mm-hmm. USA, and him choosing to do something else and struggling with that, trying to live, trying to get recognition, trying to be someone more than maybe what he has the opportunity mm-hmm. for. Amazing album. Literally, I'm list- like, first time I listen to it, my jaw is on the floor, just like, damn. Yeah. And he gets universal acclaim, gets nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to get it. He's about to win his Grammy. Oh, I, I thought he was going to I didn't even watch that shit, and I thought he was going to get it. And he loses <laughs> to Macklemore yeah. and Ryan Lewis. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. I struggle because I don't, I, well, I don't hate Macklemore. I don't. 
You don't. He doesn't. I'm vouching. He doesn't hate. Macklemore. I don't hate Macklemore. I think Macklemore. Macklemore has a really, really interesting story. Grew up in Seattle. Has been rapping for a long time. Macklemore is old. Macklemore is not a spring chicken. He is. You know. He he's old, and he's also been through a lot. You know. He started rapping in addition to that. He became addicted to alcohol, and drugs. Went to rehab. Channeled channeled that back into his work. Kept grinding. You know has a lot of recognition in Seattle in addition to on the West Coast. A lot of people fuck with Macklemore. Mm-hmm. But he links up with Ryan Lewis. And Ryan Lewis is like, well, I have the production that can take you to the top. They make a lot of songs that will, that very clearly appeal to the broadest audience right, so possible. Like, a lot of them are corny. No shade, but... Corny I mean, and pop. Yeah. I will even say it about, like, the, the Ryan well, Lewis album. Corny and pop is better than whack pop garbage. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> And he wins this Oscar. No, Grammy. Excuse me, Grammy. And, like, everybody's like, yo, what the fuck? And even Macklemore (laughs) is like, mmm, this is a problem. Yeah. (laughs) But doesn't say anything on stage. No. But texts Kendrick Kendrick after, like, yo, homie, I'm sorry, you got robbed. And then posts a picture on Instagram. Now, thankfully... Yeah. Everybody came for his fucking life. Because that was a corn. That's the definition of corny. Yeah. And, you know, he, he eventually apologized. And he actually did an interview at the end of the year with Ebro and Pete Rosenberg, which to me was better than the Azalea interview. I haven't finished it yet. Like, in terms of execution, is is Oh, I believe that it was better than execution. Yeah. I believe that. It was, it was awesome. And he finally acknowledged, I hate to say that Macklemore validated the things that we're saying. Or that other people are saying. But provided mm-hmm. some input that provides, you know, shine to the really to to the truth that, that everybody is speaking. Yeah, it almost is like Macklemore has said more in support of Nikki and Azealia than like a lot of other mm. like mm. like 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 black rap like black male rappers have. Damn. Which is like Talk about it. I mean <laughs> but like I know Azealia is not perfect. Good God Almighty. It's By hard for me to, like, I can't stand for her as talented as she is because she does so much wild shit all the time. But I'm going to be honest. Some of the things, not all, but some of the things that she's said and done are not necessarily any worse than what some of the rest of these dudes out here are saying and acting like. Yeah. But, and they act like she's indefensible. It's almost like she's a woman in this space. And in order for he, her to be a woman in this space that's worthy of caping for and that's worthy of like defending she has to act a certain way she has to say certain things she has to look a certain way like it's not lost on me that she grew up poor and like or rather had a tough upbringing dark skin makes music that is popular with black women and gay men yeah like it's not lost on me that she and she has no male co-signer do you know what i mean like i love nikki i think nikki's really talented but nikki still is flanked always by wayne and drake azealia doesn't necessarily have like a major like she's had some producers that she worked with a lot of whom are randomly white guys but like she doesn't have like a major cosign from like a really famous black rapper and she also even like the way she expresses herself sexually like i think that nikki's sexual like like sexual expression is authentic to her yeah but it's also appealing to a lot of men Azealia's sexual expression is something that a lot of like straight cis dudes can't nail down. They can't figure it out. And a lot of times her it's not centered around their gaze. And it's like she's dark skinned, she's kinda skinny, she's not necessarily performing for a white cis hetero male gaze, and she's making music that, that really affects black women and, you know, LGBT people. From time to time, depending on what the fuck she's saying yeah. at the goddamn time, but it's almost like because she's not filling these certain, she's not checking off these certain boxes that you're talking about. It's almost like they can't figure out a way to defend her, or they can't recognize that just because she's human and she's creating and she's a young black girl figuring things out and trying to navigate these weird spaces, they can't see the humanity in her. The same way shit sometimes they'll they'll see it in in my man Quavo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before they see it in Azealia and like. The defense hasn't been there, and that to me is really, really, really disheartening. I mean, damn, because I we hadn't discussed that point. That part just came before. to me, just thinking about that. And that's real deep. You, <laughs> you you might have hit that nail on the head, homie. I mean, like to provide even some more, like to touch on a few. They made me think of a few things. One, Kanye. Kanye. Say it. Kanye is uh, 
he, he doesn't quite get it right all the time. <laughs> he like a broken clock that right twice a day. Yeah. And it's very similar. And like a lot of people do come for Kanye, but mm-hmm. a lot of people vehemently defend Kanye, you know, and they will argue, you know, that his his genius overshadows the problematic shit that he says. Mm. So there's that. Now, I don't know if Azalea Banks had the time to get to the point where her music is recognized as genius before she started kind of popping off. But everybody acknowledges the fact that she's extremely talented. Like, nobody really tries to take that away from her. And I think that's interesting that, you know, people still don't, like, on a, on a larger scale within the music, within the rap community, don't acknowledge that, yo, you know, her music is really, really good. She just also goes a little crazy sometimes. In the same vein that they do Kanye. That's that's basically what everybody else is. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're like, you know what Kanye does? He goes, oh, he's got some wild shit. But you know what? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and so there's that. But a really good point that you just made, props to you, is <laughs> the... She doesn't make music for me. Mm-hmm. She doesn't make music for me. Now, don't get twisted. I, you know... Heavy metal and reflective is my shit, <laughs> but but she's not out here making that music for me. And I think a lot, like a lot of same in the same way. I I don't think Nicki makes rap for for men either for black men either. Mm-mm. Which I mean I would definitely agree. I, I we we often we argued about how much, but I do think that that has had a significant effect on her credibility within the rap community, or how long it took for her to get credibility mm-hmm. within the rap community. But in addition to that, like if you look at Azalea Banks to come back to that. Jesus versus Meryl. Now, I'm not going to repeat everything they said because they said some problematic shit that I just a don't feel comfortable saying a lot. No. But basically, Jesus, like, Jesus straight up said, he's like, you know what? I used to give Azalea Banks a lot of shit, but I don't even give her a lot of shit no more. She was up for worst rapper. He was like, because Azalea Banks doesn't rap. He was like, it doesn't rap. She makes music for people from the LGBTQ. Uh, Q community. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what he actually said. Those yeah, weren't his words. But, that's, what, but that's the gist of what he said. It's kind of hard to argue with that, although she does very clearly make rap. Yeah. But that's the perspective. The exactly. That's the perspective because it's so different. Because it's, you know, she's rapping over mostly like house beats, mm-hmm. you know, and this is something interesting Nikki is starting to do with like truffle butter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just throw that, throw that up in the air. Okay. But, <laughs> but like, she doesn't get that re- that that recognition, and people often won't even necessarily take the time to listen. Mm-mm. Like I had to talk to to a couple people, I'd be like, "Yo, that you know, uh, broke with expensive taxes kind of was kind of good, yeah, the sleeper." And interestingly enough, we did a, I did a, shit, I did a top ten. That's that's in the top ten. Yeah, that and that and pink print were both in your top ten. It was pink print was the tenth in your top ten. I know, but not. Oh wait, broke with expensive taste wasn't I don't in think your top it made 10? it. Did you? Well, you know, I don't know when you did your top ten. So. I, I did it kind of early, but yeah, I think I, I think I missed including her in my top ten, and that's. I mean, I feel some type of way about that. Yeah, because actually, you've been bumping her shit a like, lot, hard. Yeah, I would definitely agree with the fact that because she is not making the music for us, there, you know, there's a little bit of turning the back. People are turning their back within the within the rap community to her, and that sucks because it's not necessary. It's not doing us any favors. No, it's not doing us any favors. It's fucked up. Yeah, and again, there's still this major movement to come to the aid of Iggy, who has because we didn't even get into this part yet. Who has the nerve to act the ass whenever anybody yeah. makes a genuine critique? She had one of, uh, I would say, I would, I would call, I think it's safe to call Q-Tip uh, like a hip hop architect, hip hop pioneer. He's somebody who was yeah. around. Uh, he's he's had a super long career. He's, he's an elder. Yes, he's an elder. <laughs> Looks good still. I saw him at Umami Burger. Like, a couple months ago he looked amazing he was really 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 polite but yeah he's an elder and who took the time to like for those who don't know Q-Tip reached out to Iggy Azalea directly sent her a series of direct tweets just breaking down the history of hip hop and why her behavior was so indefensible and well indefensible to him not to anybody else but he that was very big of him and very kind of him to do that it was low key shady but it was also like it was I think it was uh, yeah I I don't know if it was shady but no 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 but compared to what he could have said or what he could have done to kind of be like this is what this is this is my culture that you're that you're that you're destroying with the way that you act and this is why people react and this is why people react the way they do her responses have always been like you know 
Azealia Banks is talking about me because I make her popular and talking about me gets her in the news. And if she talks about me and she's crying, she's crying because people don't like her. And honestly, like this was my favorite because she's just been insensitive across the board. And she called Azealia Banks a bigot, which I'm like, girl, you couldn't have missed the point. Yeah. You couldn't have missed the point if y'all were in the same galaxy. But like the my favorite shit. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Is when she, I think, what was it Rolling Stone or Glamour magazine? No, maybe it was Vanity Fair. She did an interview and she's like, honestly, like, Macklemore did this and the Rolling Stones did this and Elvis did this and no one said anything about them. Which seems like (laughs) that in and of itself, that quote to me sounded like something out of a Christopher Guest movie. I was like, is there a script? Is is this on camera? Is this a film? Like, this is a joke. It's like a setup because, like, here's the thing I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. You are. It's not a black person in Memphis, Tennessee, who's not on some Uncle Ruckus type shit, because there's a few of them there. But <laughs> it's not a black person in Memphis, Tennessee, who likes Elvis. I've never been to Graceland. And I could probably name about 300 other people in my <laughs> network from Memphis who also have never been to Graceland. And I can name, I bet they can all individually name 300 other people who have never fucking been to Graceland. Because... Elvis is universally known as that white dude stole her shit. And that's, you know, and that's cool because, like, don't get twisted. I've heard it's a few Elvis songs that I like. And originally, I will even admit, I kind of liked work. The Iggy Azalea song. You know, I kind of liked work. It's fine. It Like, when it comes on, it's like the production is on point. (laughs) But all I'm saying is, this is something, this is a conversation that has been going on for a long, long time. And it's one that has had credibility for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. So to disregard, and, and just to talk about Elvis, like Rolling Stones too. Everybody, like a lot of a lot of white people didn't like the Rolling Stones because they were accused of making black music. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people really, and the same thing with Elvis. You know, like basically you just, and also to the fact that she just put herself in a category with some of these like universally recognized figures regardless of whether how much merit that had (laughs) but you know like my head is like just does not compute right now because like that's just the most frustrating shit shit ever somebody's gonna talk to her one day the thing about it is I wonder Palm (laughs) go ahead some one day T.I. is gonna step back here's the thing it is rising (laughs) the critique is rising Mm -hmm. the volume of it is is elevating Almost in lockstep with her own elevation. Okay. At that point, folks are going to turn to T.I. And he might have to go, well... And after he steps back, if he ever takes that cape off, Mm. it's going to go down. Yeah. And people are going to come for her. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm excited. I'm excited for the day that people come for her. And one one last point for me. Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to to talk to... Because, you know, we both have a... Well, I... I have a diverse set of friends. I do. I didn't want to speak for you. I was, uh, I I was like, no, are you no saying shade. I don't? No shade. Uh-huh. I didn't want to speak for you. But I have a diverse set of friends. And, you know, I have my white friends. And I'm tired of explaining why I don't fuck with Miley. Why I don't fuck with Iggy. Uh-huh. Like, I've had that conversation a lot. What's frustrating within that is for... Uh-huh. They understand, but they still like... See... But I'm a bump that I had... Anybody... Like, I went to Howard, but before that, I grew up in... A, lovely town lovely little hamlet called Farmington Hills Michigan all of my friends from growing up are white and I don't have to explain anything like that to them <laughs> I just Damn. don't but I mean they've been riding with me for a long time so I don't have to explain anything like well, that so you had time these are you know people I meet through work through life oh it's kind, it can be kind of different I suppose if, yeah I could see how that's definitely kind of a different situation but yeah I have to explain why in casual conversation like I don't want to hear Iggy Azalea at the club to people I don't know that well or why why it's fucked up that everybody comes for Beyonce. <sighs> Similar vein. Everybody I, have, I don't even want to get into some of the conversations I had to have in 2013, 2014 about Beyonce. It's sad to say, I used to participate in some of this. Yeah. Well, but you know what, though? I'm going to tell you something. And actually, it's good that you're about to get married because you saved yourself from something that I've, I do. And that I've also found that other women in my network do. And there have been some people who've been, I, I, who've been surprised that I do this, but I typically bring up Beyonce or Nicki Minaj on almost every single first date that I go on. It doesn't matter whether or not the guy likes likes them or not. I just want to hear their reaction. Because in their reaction to me just bringing up Beyonce or Nicki Minaj, you can kind of be able to spot a real wild misogynist. <laughs> so that's a pro tip for you ladies out there. 
Fortunately, you don't have to worry about passing these types of weird tests anymore. But I'm, I mean, I also got on the right side of history. You did get on the right side of history. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you talk about this conversation building around Iggy. There's a band that I cannot listen to as an adult. And that is Led Zeppelin. I liked Led Zeppelin mm. when I was younger. I can't listen to Led Zeppelin I because of how much Howlin' Wolf shit they stole. And still, th- those lawsuits mm. got settled, I think, in the 70s or in the yeah. 80s or whatever. And it was found that they had stolen a lot of shit. Those things keep happening. Do you know what I mean? Like we, It's not like this is the first stops. time we've had this conversation about our culture being robbed from. I just wonder when it's going to like become unacceptable. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of over this whole like shit happens and we all kind of like forget that it happened type of thing. It's weird. <sighs> yeah. But... I think that you should close on. I think we should close on our particular note. Or actually, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is there anything else that you have in your mind? Because there's something else on my spirit. Nah, I mean, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do your thing. I mean, I, th- I think. I mean, the only other thing I wanted to come back to is maybe Macklemore. But like, you know what? Macklemore don't deserve no more time. I don't like Macklemore, but he don't deserve no more time. So you know what? Take take it away, Brittany. You know, I find it very interesting this year that Taylor Swift is having such a moment because somebody that you brought up earlier in the episode, Mm -hmm. he spoke a word to us in 2009, okay? Kanye West got up on that BMA stage emboldened by Hennessy Mm. and Amber Rose. Hand dog. Okay. The apple juice of of African-American people. The apple juice of me. Um, (laughs) I actually will have Hennessy before I'll have apple juice, but that's just because I want to protect my teeth. But... He got up on that stage. He took that microphone out of Taylor Swift's hand. And he said, you know what, girl? I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but Beyonce made one of the greatest music videos of all time. It's been like almost six years now. Yeah. He didn't even fucking lie. He tried to tell us in 2009. That this was going to happen. This was going to happen. He tried to tell us it was going to happen in 2009. I think one of the articles I shared with you where he talked about, I don't want to be no James Brown, Elvis Presley shit. I don't want, and he's like, you know, I got up on that stage to defend Beyonce. He's like, granted, it was graceless the way that I did that, but I got up on that stage to defend Beyonce. And this goes back to even the Selma conversation we had last year. Last year? Last fucking week. week. Last week. Time flies. He didn't want it to be on record that the year that Single Ladies came out, that Taylor Swift had the best video because she just didn't. Mm. Obviously, you know, Kanye does what he does, but in his own little way, he wanted to make sure that he took up. Yeah, that he took up for her and that like her contributions to our culture were not overlooked Mm. or smudged in that moment. Who's going to stand? I just clutched my chest. That's so dramatic. I didn't know you were going to say that. Who's going to stand for Azalea and Nikki? On that note. I don't have anything to say. (laughs) Thank you for coming to Color Nerd. For for Color Nerd. Yeah, thank you for coming. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to us on iTunes. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Stitcher. We there. We out here. We out here. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life.